You may have noticed a theme in the songs about Jesus' resurrection. Did, did you pick that up? He's alive. He has overcome. He has done what no one else could do. And he has beat death. And his, his uh, actions and what he accomplished makes a difference for us, which is what we are going to discover as we look at this section of Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, raised. And the idea here is that there, in the mind of those living at the time this was written, there's a three-tier cosmology. There's the heavens out there where God lives, and there's the, the universe, the, the earth, and from earth's perspective, when you look up, that's also called heavens, but that's you know what we're looking at, space, planets, galaxies, that. But that's all uh, the second part. And, and then there's the, the under the earth. So we have the earth, under the earth, the heavens. So Jesus has come, lived here on earth. He dies and enters what is under the earth, the place of the dead. And in that place... It is uh, a, a place separated from from God in, in in the sections, separated from God's goodness. It is a place designed for uh, the devil, for for those rebellious beings. There were he- uh, heavenly beings, divine beings who turned against God, so they are held in that place. Those who rebel against God wind up uh, there as well. All all people at this early point before uh, Jesus rose were locked into the place of the dead. There were the parts of it that were uh, for the people, for the righteous people, for those who believed in God. So that's Abraham's bosom. That was a, a positive experience. If you are familiar with some Greek, Roman, Egyptian discussions of the place of the dead, then you know typically when they, or even movies often when they do this, they they will show images of this place with just bodies and their people are crawling around. It's always dark and hazy and all of, all of those images are part of what people have experienced because near-death experiences are not new. Those have been going on for a long time. And so people, you know, die in battle and then they come back 30, 40 minutes later or what, you know, whatever kind of experience. They go, man, when I was dead, it was like this. And they tell the story. So those stories get turned into, okay, now we've got more of an idea of what it's like after you die. And those are negative. Have you noticed typically awful scenarios? Then you have these stories from uh, like Luke 16, and Jesus is talking about, well, Lazarus, the guy who dies and goes to be in Abraham's bosom, he's in a pleasant place. It's like uh, he's taken care of, and he's he belongs, and it's, so there's a positive side. Jesus dies when he takes the keys of death and Hades, and he leaves when he's raised to, to new life, when he comes to life. He takes that and rips it apart. Now people go to be with the Lord. They go direct from here to 
be with him. Those who rebel against the Lord, who have no interest in him, still get what they want. They get to be far away from God. But those who want to be with him are now moved into that that place, a place that is uh, where God is and where we belong. And Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And all of that is happening because he changed things from the way they were to the way they are now because he rose from the dead. So he's overcome death. He's, he's opened the door to some very new things. What does that mean for us? Because we're living still on earth. We haven't died. Or most of us haven't died. So here we are living on earth still. What does, how does that impact us, that resurrection thing? And, and we have a future that tells us that. So Jesus has overcome what was under the earth, and he's gone back to heaven. But now we're still on the earth. I just throw in those, that cosmology out there so you have this in mind. When we read this verse from uh, Colossians 3, we're raised to new life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So God is in heaven. So top of the tier on our three-tier cosmology. And we are still on earth. We're in the middle. We're not under the earth. We're in the middle. And we are supposed to be keeping our eyes on that. There's something about that that makes a difference for us. But the word since gives us a clue that something's happened. When we turn our, our hearts to Jesus, when we worship the one true God, when we turn from everything else to him, something happens. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, okay, he was raised. He, he overcame death. He changed a lot of things. He has dealt with the accuser, uh, the, the evil monsters that were in that place. And he has overcome the powers of those here on earth that are still running around. We had that in chapter 2. And he has done something great with all of that. And somehow, we as believers have something different happening in our lives. This isn't a mental exercise. This is not, well, you know, I've changed my mind about things, and isn't it sweet that we get to be in heaven one day, and this isn't just, I get to think about it, wasn't that a good thing? What, this is a, you, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, Unless we're being told lies, something happened so incredibly powerful that it is similar to what happened when Christ was raised from the place of the dead under the earth, back to the earth. Then he goes on to heaven. We are raised to new life in him. Something transforming has taken place. It's not the same. We have access to something that is not the same. It's not like anyone else on earth can experience. Only those who come into a right relationship with God, who, who have entered into this connection, this bond with Jesus, and have their lives connected to him, so that now 
You've been raised in new life with Christ. This is a real thing, as real as his resurrection, as real as his death and burial, as real as heaven. Something has happened. It's helpful to know that. Because you may have gone through life thinking, well, I just can't overcome. I've got stuff you wouldn't believe. Or I am so cool, I really don't need them. We go to one end or the other. Something so significant has happened that it's like Jesus being raised from the dead and we are with him in it. Since you have been raised in new life with Christ. It's happened. It's powerful. It's significant. It's overcoming. It is not like anything else. Sadly, in far too many places in the Christian world, it's just a matter of opinions and, and ideas and, and a mental, uh, give it you know, some, some kind of a nod and you go, well, that's it. That's all there is to it. No. No, there's so much more to it. We're supposed to set our sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits. So he's up there with God, at the right hand of God. So we have something that we're supposed to be focused on. So things to think about. We just stick with that. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So you bring this up. How quickly, and you just test yourself on this. How quickly in our humanity do we go to, you know, I've got to, I've got to pay bills. I've got responsibilities. I have far too much to do here. I can't be thinking about heaven because I've got too much to do on earth. You have been raised to new life. That's different living than everybody else. Why would we keep thinking like everybody else? Think how much good that's done us in a lifetime. How beneficial has that method been in all the years you've been alive? God is talking about something that is so significant. It's beyond death new life in Christ that has happened to you it's not waiting out there unless you don't know Jesus if you know Jesus since you have been raised in your life something has happened that is remarkable that works from the inside through all that you are and it matters now and will into all eternity Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. The fleshly part of us, the earthly part of us, quickly goes to, but I have responsibilities, I have to think about earth. That's the box. I must think about the things of earth. I can't believe you would even bring that up. In fact, I'm a little angered that you bring that up. Because I ain't got time for that. Now, I might give him a little bit of time in the morning, give him a little devotional, read a little Bible i got things to do, and they are important, so important. I don't have time to think about the things of heaven. So reflect on that a minute. 
and just run that through your head, do you really want to stay in that box? Is that a really, really good place to be? When you've been raised to new life in Christ by the one who's proven, he's not unlike anyone else before or since. He rose from the dead. No one has done that. No one. Why not listen to him? Why not take that? Why not live that and actually let go of, just let it go, all those other things, all those other thoughts, and join with him, just just maybe for the length of this sermon, let go, and see if he doesn't have something to say. That may be really different. That would maybe reflect new life. Mind control. Series of questions here. Do the things of earth easily block out the tiny bits of heavenly view? When you're just going through life, you got all these things going on, the busyness, the phone calls, Facebook, you know, busy stuff you got to do. Does it block out heavenly view? How long does it take until you're angered, upset, sidetracked, frustrated, seeking entertainment because you're bored, looking for another maybe connection, friend, job? I mean, there's all kinds of things. What, what do the things of earth easily block out the tiny bits of heavenly view? There are probably moments that you can think of that God got your attention. He spoke to you. He showed up in some way. It could be in the scriptures. It could be in a message. It could be in a loving word from someone. It, it could be a sunrise. It could, just, it could be a number of things. And all of a sudden, you felt it. You knew that God was real. And you had a tiny bit of a view of heaven. You go, that, that was it. And then real life kicked in, and it's gone. That view is blocked because nothing more important. I'm being sarcastic with that. Nothing more important than what's happening on earth right now with me, my stuff. That up there, that'll wait till I die. It's not what the scripture says. You've been raised in new life. Just like Christ, you have a new way to live. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What spiritual entity, what spiritual entity delights in your limited consideration of heaven over earth? Think of anyone? Who wins? Who grabs that attention quicker? These are choices that we make with our heads. What do we do with that? What on earth could a child of God do to begin thinking more of the things of heaven than of earth? What can a child of God do to begin thinking more of the things of heaven than of earth? 
That could be a challenge. Raised to new life, given in our age access to God's truth, uh, written, proclaimed, it is available in printed form, digital form, people's cell phones have copies of scriptures, the U version has all kinds of varieties of scripture. It will press a button that will read the scripture to you. You don't even have to look at it. Get scripture. Scripture is a way of thinking about heaven. There are um, messages that tell us something about heaven. There are things that tell us about the, the greatness of God, but that requires time and focus. To take the time out of all of the busy things that we have, responsibilities, we have 186 hours given to us each week, and we have an opportunity to use those any way we want. We have been raised to new life in Christ. We are to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Because this new life is different than the life on earth. We have spent our lives filling our heads and our time, 186 hours every week, with all of the projects, problems, and personalities that come with this earth. And they just squeeze out heaven. If we get a hold of heaven, we understand what Christ has done. Our mentality changes. Our way of living changes. The power to live changes. Our ability to focus changes. And God opens our eyes to things that we would normally not see and experience. Because that's what he does. We are born to new life in him it's a whole new thing oh have you ever met a follower of jesus who considered it too hard to study the things of heaven which is an interruption to all they have going on earth to take that time to spend that time digging into the scriptures or discussing those things with other people Malachi 3.16 says we should be talking about those things with others, about the Lord. He's looking for us to do that. That's one place we can get encouraged and get information. He is providing that through studies of others. There's uh, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. It's, it's a big old book. It even has uh, videos in the back. You can, you can pop those in and watch those. There's, there are things available have you ever met a follower of Jesus who considered it too hard to study the things of heaven, but pretty easy to be entertained, pretty easy to find projects, pretty easy to find amusement somehow in life, hobbies, activities, uh, socializing, just come up with all of the things that we fill our 168 hours with. And you go, how many of those are spent thinking about the things of heaven rather than the things of earth? Why would it be hard to do that? We are bound to this thing down here. 
He's calling us to something better, to something more. He wants to reveal so much more so that we can experience life, the kingdom of heaven on earth, before we ever enter into the heavens, before we ever join him in heaven. It's not just an idea. It's not just a mental game. He really rose from the dead. He really has made this possible for us. He really wants us to do this without limitation, without going back to the box and explaining to God all the many things that we're responsible for. It is uh, just a tendency we all have. The things of heaven. What is it? What are those things? There's a God who created all things. He's the creative master behind everything that you enjoy. He's the one who provided an earth for you to live on, a body to wander around in. He provided the spirit you have within you that motivates or makes everything move. He came up with all of that. And he gave you this time in history to live in a place where you live, where they actually have... uh, TV, cars, cell phones, medical help, I mean, food production. I mean, you just think of all the things that are around us. That's pretty amazing. You get to live in this time because he chose for you to be here now. And he is the one who has motivated or provided people with intelligence enough to be creative and innovative innovative so that they come up with some of the technology we enjoy all those things all of it came from heaven all of it came from him all that's coming all the life that is yet to be shown you is going to be greater than anything that you've seen so far there are things that you enjoy certain foods you like maybe smoked meat we'll have some of that in a little bit you get exposed to things that you enjoy, the, the melodies, the songs, the, the textures. There are colors that you like. There are just things that just in life you, you've found to be enjoyable. And you go, man, this, this, there are times when you're just frustrated with it. And other times you're going, this is just gorgeous. What a blessing to be part of. And, and you realize when you're, more in tune with being grateful that God has done some great things and blessed you with so much. It's just a fragment of what he has available to you here and later. He wants to provide a taste of heaven now. You get to fully enjoy that later. But some of that that's coming is greater. You take your your five senses and you multiply that exponentially, and you say, I'll be able to see more, hear more, taste more, feel more. It's all coming. It's waiting for us in heaven. And he's so creative. We come up with, well, the, the man, this is, you know, from watching too many Bugs Bunny cartoons or something, but the idea that heaven is you, you just die and you play a harp, you're an angel, you've got wings. All of that's mythology, and that's negative mythology, not there's true myth. So there's, this is just the, the 
fanciful ideas that have just been made up find their way into the culture. Then we believe them and go, I don't want to think about heaven. I don't like harps. There's nothing about this that sounds good to me. That's not it at all. We have, according to these scientists who have looked at all the fossils and all these different variety of plants and critters that have been here, that we are looking at in our day, in our world, 1% of everything that's ever lived. And we're going, wow, man, I can't even name all the trees in my yard. So that's just this. That's just here, right here. And that's looking over a history of the planet as much as they know because they keep finding new ones. So how much is in heaven if that's here? And that's just a small slice of the creativity of the living God who lives in heaven, who wants us to think broadly, to realize that power that he has, of the beings who live there. And we get, oh, there's angels. And so we just land on, or these people are beings, and they have wings. And they, you go, that's, that's not even a description of the angels in Scripture. There are some cherubim, seraphim, that they have, they're, they're pictured with wings, but the angels are messengers. They're representing God. They're on mission. They accomplish certain things. That's, that's uh, they sometimes are ambassadors. Sometimes they're here to help people in uh, certain situations. They accomplish God's purposes. That's not the name. There are, or that's not the whole of the be- number of beings who are there. Did you notice that on earth we have people who look different from each other? How hard is it to imagine in heaven the number of beings? Who were here long before this was created? The variety of beings that God has created that exist in that place. So much more than even the fiction writers come up with. So much more. Because their minds cannot conceive all that God has made. And he says, I want you to think about heaven. That place where because of Jesus, because you believed in him, and he has dealt with the problem of sin and opened the door so that you can be raised from the dead, you can enter into heaven, you can experience a new life here now and there. He has made all of that possible. You get to experience the fullness of all of those things are made available to you. He paid the price. You get the benefit. He wants you in his family. He wants you to be part of all that is out there, all that's available. He wants you to know that you are going to participate in all the activities of heaven. You come here and you find certain things that you enjoy because we talked about that. We'll get hung up on those here. Whatever it is that we like, and it, you know, making, making food or just eating food or m- music or different activities that we just find really meaningful to us. Well, that just gives you a flavor of the kind of things you will be fulfilled in and by, the adventures that you will have, the opportunities you will have to fulfill 
everything that your heart desires. You've had glimpses of that since you were a kid, and you knew it. You knew there was something. You knew it. It hasn't all come about yet, because it doesn't all happen here. It happens there. It's not yet. Some of it happens here. It happens there. Why should we be thinking about it? you got maybe 70, 80 years to live. Make it to 100. Not going to make it too much more than that. Then why? It's there. It's there. It's waiting. He wants to bring some of it here so we can experience it since you've been raised to new life with Christ. But if our minds are always set on, I just want to keep making mud pies. This is a C.S. Lewis little picture. I just want to keep playing in the mud, making mud pies. And he spread out this incredible banquet on the tables just next door. I go, no, I'm just going to stay over here and play in the mud. Here are the tables, all prepared, all for you. You choose what you want. Probably time to get out of the mud and go enjoy what he's made for us since you've been raised to new life with Christ. Things of heaven. God on the throne, angels, Jesus, streets of gold. I mean, just think about all of those things. And you've heard about all of that. And people kind of lock in on, well, there's streets of gold. That's cool. When the pavement is gold, it's not worth much. How much do you think the asphalt is out there in gravel roads? You know, you think about those a lot. Man, I just wish I had a whole bank full of gravel. That's because it's not that big a deal for him. There is so much more. So much more. Okay, done on that. All right. Released for a better hold. Released for a better hold. Release your grip on your world. Release your grip on your world. You cannot control it by holding on to it tighter. No matter what you do. You know, I just want my kids to act right. And if I hold them tight enough, and I come up with enough rules, they will act right. Anybody ever seen that actually work? It's not what we're called to do. We don't want it happening to us. Tighter grip. I'm going to hold on to all my money. I'm going to hold on to all... Everything I control in my world, and it all just comes crumbling down. <sighs> Fill two baskets. One finite, one, or the second one, infinite. Just think, think that through. Okay, I'm going to have two baskets. I'm going to have these things. So write two columns. One mortal, and the other one is immortal. So you're going to have two columns of these of these different things and, and you begin to put okay so what's lasting what, what's the thing that, that's going to come to an end what is it that is 
is going to make a difference in my life, the life of others. What is it that I'm doing that might please God in the end? When I got to go to stand before him, is, is he really looking for me to be so happy with my entertainment system, having the fastest computer? Is that what God's looking for? Is God looking for me to be the coolest person on the planet, be the hippest? musical genius whatever it is we come up with what those things are going to pass all the people that have come if you think back to your third generation grandparents remember them most people can't name them why is that they're gone they're meaningless to you guess where you will be in three generations When you put your hand in a bucket of water, you can make a fist and pull your hand out. What does the water do? Just fills that hole. Like you were never there. So we spend all of our time trying to prove we've been here. And we control it, holding on tight, making sure everything fits according to our plan. And we miss it. Because what does matter is what is infinite, what is immortal, what will last. We've been raised in new life in Christ. We are to be thinking about the things of heaven because those things last. They never end. Never end. They don't go away. Compare the quality and quantity of earth and heaven. So in heaven, God is working his plan and, and surrounded by those beings who know who he is and, and he knows who they are. He knows them all by name. And they're, they're enjoying being together because they belong. And we get to be included in that family because we will belong. And a place is being prepared for us. We get to be part of what's happening in heaven. So... That lasting, that beauty, that intensity of experience, the, the aromas, the colors, the sounds, the relationships that are real without hidden agendas, all of it, that's quality. Quantity is, it never ends. It extends infinitely. And earth is little tiny, most of it frustrating, right? And then it's over. So compare that. Just think that through. Tomorrow, think that through too. Because tomorrow and the next day and the next day make up your 168 hours. And shortly after we finish this, Thinking about the things of heaven will be replaced by thinking of the things of earth. That's how fast it is. It comes quickly. This is a shift in the way we approach it. Choose whether to fight for your life on earth or heaven. Which one is uh, something worth investing your time and energy and thoughts and 
You just choose. All of this comes down to a matter of choosing. He goes on in verse 3, living the real life. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You died to this life. I don't know. Out at the cemetery, I've not noticed anyone looking at their cell phones that are that's in the, that they're in the ground. They're just not. When you're dead, you're just not all that active anymore with those kind of things. You have died to this life. So why is it that we hold on to this life with every ounce of strength? And why would Paul be so rude as to tell us that our real life is hidden with Christ and we should be thinking about heaven? I mean, that's not even sensitive to the real world we live in. What is he thinking? To lay down such horrible advice. He's trying to get us to think and to choose and to live a different way than how we would typically live. Because we're just human. He knows that. And we get stuck. And we begin to think about these things rather than what God has done or Christ has done. There's just so much more that he wants to invite us into and to experience. And it happens because we change the way we live in this world. And we begin to think about the things of heaven. Does that mean we don't take responsibility for anything? Everybody needs to be a monk or move into a convent? or No. It's fine for those who want to do that. That's not the thing. No. We think about heaven and we bring king, that kingdom, God's kingdom, to earth. So that now our love for God invades our soul. And then it comes out in the way we behave, in the way we think. And the way we speak. It just deals with all of it. And it begins to change us. Because we're thinking about heaven. That becomes part of what invades us. What if we're not thinking about heaven? What is the world controlled by? The prince of the power of the air. The evil. And you go, huh. I got a choice to make. I can stay with the worldly version of this or I can begin to enter in fighting everything in me that does not want to get out of the box I'm familiar with and comfortable with to go do this other thing which says I need to think about the things of heaven so that that so grabs me that I embody that on earth and it becomes something different. He goes on in verse 4. Sharing this. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You will share in it. He will come one day, he will bust through, and the trumpet will sound, and he will show up on the eastern horizon, and here he is. And he takes over. And when he re- he's revealed, we share in all that he brings member of God's family, part of the winning team. That's not bad. 
Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. Because we will judge angels. That's part of, part of what's coming. Co-worker in a new heaven and earth. Because there's so much more to come. So much more to do. So much more to enjoy. So much more to explore. Ah, when Christ, who is your life. Sometimes we get thinking, even if we're Christians, well, it's my life. My body, my time, my stuff, my money. He's going, uh, might want to rethink. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. It's amazing. So what are your sights set on? Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. He's called us to something more. And you choose if you want to set your sights on the things of heaven and experience all that God has in mind for you. You can do that as we pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for heaven to come. Thank you for the changes that you've made uh, available to us. And thank you for the place you are preparing in heaven for us. The future, the adventure, the opportunity to be part of that f- incredible family made up of the heavenly beings and the earthly ones who have decided to go your way. Thank you for making yourself known in so many ways through uh, scriptures and creation and uh, speaking to us through your spirit. Just thank you for for being there. Thank you for being with us. And I pray, Lord, that we would listen. We would join you in living this life uh, in the kingdom of God. And we look forward to that day when we will join you in that place to just be embraced and know we really, truly belong. Help us to live it out now. Keep our minds set on the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In Jesus' name, amen.